What's up, Dartmouth students? Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a venture capitalist? Welcome to Behind the Green, where we'll give you the career advice the recruiters and classmates don't want you to know. No fake news, no fluff, straight facts. So let's get into it. We have the perfect person to explain it all. We are so amped to present Dartmouth venture capitalist, Henry Borum, class of 17. For a quick intro, Henry is originally from Dallas, Texas, and graduated in 2017 from Dartmouth College with a Bachelor of Arts in English. At Dartmouth, he was the president of SIU, an athlete in the men's rugby football club and lacrosse club, a member of the Brood Mechanicals, which is a Shakespeare acting club, a contributor to the Mouth Literary Magazine, and a former managing editor for the Dartmouth Review. He also did the Tuck Winter Bridge program with the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Welcome, Henry. To get started, what year are you, Henry? Graduated Dharma 2017. And what what did you major in, minor in? What was your favorite class at Dartmouth? I studied English. That was my major. Didn't have a minor. And my favorite class was actually a biology class, sophomore fall. And it was with Mark McPeak. It was basically, I can't remember the exact title of the class. I think it was called Cooperation and Conflict in Biology. And it, it looked at, it applied like game theory to evolution. Also like group dynamics to biology. And so that was really cool. I just thought it was a really interesting cross-curricular class. And it was just super cool. I love it. Uh, oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll look into that here. Um, if you know Professor McPeak, he's, he's a great guy, too. Um, I hope he's still working at Dartmouth. Oh, I hope. I'll look him up on the course assessment on Dart- Dartboard. Yeah, um, it looks like he's still there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, I'll write, that, write that, that down. So, I was wondering, what was your experience with Greek life at Dartmouth? Yeah, I had a really positive experience. Both of my older brothers went to Dartmouth, and they also went to the same fraternity as me. So, wow. you know, from, like, my early days of visiting Dartmouth, I would, you know, go and hang out at that fraternity. It's, it was I would go and hang out there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it just became, like, a really important part of my campus life. You know, I was involved in, like, athletics. Like, I did, like, rugby and lacrosse. But I think, like, the fraternity became a bigger part of my life as I got older at Dartmouth. I ended up becoming the president of the fraternity. Oh, wow. And so, so yeah, it was just a great group of people that I've met and always nice to have a place to call home on campus. And, you know, Greek life is such a big part of the social life at Dartmouth. So it was just good to, it was good to be a part of, like, not only being a frat, but also, like, being a president and trying to, like, lead, lead Greek houses in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Are you still in touch with some of the brothers right now at Dartmouth? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely still close with them. You know, I've, I've been out of college for like almost four years. So, you know, the connections definitely aren't as strong as they used to be. But, you know, there's definitely plenty of examples when I go to a city and maybe reach out to a brother from SIU and hang out with, with that person. And yeah, it's great. Oh, okay. And I was wondering, how were you able to manage your school life while also doing other organizations and sports? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a learning curve for me. Like my freshman year, my GPA was pretty bad because I just got to distracted by all the fun stuff going on on campus, joining a billion clubs and doing everything and having a nightlife and all that. Yeah. And so I think by the time sophomore year rolled around, I had to be a little more deliberate and saying, like, these are my priorities. This is how I'm going to schedule my time um, and just becoming more organized and focused on like the things that were mattered to me. And so for sophomore year, I really wanted GPA to come first. After that, I wanted it to be like Greek life sports. Yeah. So I know like I personally have also been struggling with joining way too many clubs and putting too much on my plate. And I know my other fun friends at Dartmouth are also struggling with 
with that. So I was wondering, do you have any advice as to what club we should like ultimately pick or like how many is a good amount to have in college? That's an interesting question. I guess a general answer would be like join as many clubs as you can while still maintaining a strong GPA and while still maintaining good mental health. You don't want to you don't want to sacrifice on sleep. You don't want to sacrifice on yeah, just like general wellness. So I'm I'm all in favor of having a very busy schedule at Dartmouth and having your days be jam packed. And then in fact, I think like Dartmouth recruits people that are good at doing that, right? So I would never say like limit your amount of clubs. I would just always say like make sure you're prioritizing your studies and prioritizing your mental health. You know, don't don't sacrifice on sleep. Don't sacrifice on you know other types of health habits and habit school. Yeah, and that's some good advice. And then I was wondering, do you have any specific health tip that always keeps you in check? Or I know some people they meditate. Other people like uh, run. What's your main thing that you do? Yeah, I mean I don't. I guess I'll talk about what I did at Dartmouth. Uh, but a lot of the ways that I used to be able to, to decompress were I really enjoyed, like when the weather was nice. I really loved all the trails and running paths. So I would do like Make Brook, Pine Park, you know, go walking or running, and just have some alone time with nature. And I would, that was always really helpful for just decompressing. And yeah, of course, like long is a great way to decompress, but <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't drink too much even for college, right? So like sometimes you just need to have like a healthy outlet. And yeah. I think like Dartmouth. Dartmouth has no shortage of those outlets, right? Whether it's like, going to the farmers market when the weather's nice, or when the weather's cold, you know, going skiing or like like uh, uh, one of my favorite memories actually was like sledding at the golf course in the winter. Oh yeah. And so and then but there's also so many cool resources on campus too. Like you go to the Hop and check out the museum at the Hood. You know, you can go you can go catch a movie at the Black Visual Arts Center. Like I, I think being smarter about like taking advantage of all the incredible campus resources that there are. Yeah, that's something I would definitely recommend that students do. You know, don't don't just like watch Netflix dorm to decompress. Like do yeah. something interesting and cool that'll actually like expand your horizons and also you know recharge you in a kind of a much more rich way. Yeah, no, definitely. And I saw that you did the Tuck Bridge Winter Program. How was your experience with that? Yeah, I really liked the Tuck Bridge. Uh, I mean, Tuck Bridge Winter Program is a, it's a more condensed version of the Tuck Bridge Summer Program, but because it fits into that like 10 week break between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it doesn't get in the way of other things you might want to do in the summer. So for me, I always wanted to do business internships in the summer. And so being able to do my Tuck Program during Winter Bridge enabled me to like, have a pretty strong resume because not only did I have a lot of internship experience, I also had the kind of like the classroom component that was necessary for business. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely recommend doing the Tuck Winter Bridge program. It, it was a great, it was a great experience for sure. And does that conflict with classes? Nope. Oh, okay. You, you, you. I mean, as long as the D plan is the same as it was in 2017, like you go home for Thanksgiving, you've done your finals for fall term, and then you, you know, most kids just have this huge break, but you just fly back to Dartmouth, like I don't know, maybe a couple, maybe like a week after Thanksgiving or something. Then you do the bridge program, and you, you maybe end a week early before the winter term starts, and for winter term you're back to classes. So yeah, there's there's zero academic impact. In fact, it helps your academics because, like I was telling you earlier on our last phone call, because I took class, I was able to take a high-level economics class that I would not have otherwise been able to take because I was an English major, so I didn't have any of the requisites for the Econ course, Econ 36. It actually had six prerequisites, and the fact that I had taken finance at Tuck Bridge enabled me to get into that course without having practically any of the prerequisites. So yeah, oh, wow. Tuck Bridge is great for your academics. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. And then I was wondering, so why did you choose to go into venture capital and why did you previously choose to work at icon u capital am i pronouncing it correct close it's, it's iconic capital. oh sorry yeah iconic capital no, okay. yeah so interestingly there is actually a dartmouth connection there so will griffith is the, one of the managing partners at iconic and he's a dartmouth grad but i decided to go into vc it was my senior winner and i'd actually already accepted an offer at a digital marketing agency called digitas and then iconic came 
campus and I really clicked with the recruiters. You know, there, there were also employees there and you know, I made a pretty difficult decision of taking an iconic internship offer over a full-time entry-level offer that I had with the digital marketing agency. So I think the reason why I made that decision was just because technology startups were fascinating to me and, and the world of investing was also fascinating to me and iconic combined both of those. And if I'm being brutally honest, like, you know, salary, the salary was also a lot better. So pretty much double oh, wow. what of the marketing one was. So I think that was also enticing, but it wasn't the only decision. The main reason I made the decision was just because it was more aligned with my long-term career interests. Oh, wow. Interesting. So you worked there and then what led you to work at Palm Drive Capital? Yeah, so I, my iconic job was just an internship and I actually was not selected to be a full-time analyst after that program. So basically, I just graduated college, just moved to New City and then I, like, four months in, I realized I don't have a job. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up, like, talking to readers and, you know, luckily, like, iconic helped me because I did a good job for them, but it just wasn't a fit. So they helped me, introduced me to recruiters, and that's how I met Palm Drive. And so I decided to move across the country to New York, start, you know, second, second stage of my career started on Palm Drive. So I met them yeah. through a recruiter's group. Oh, okay. And what what would you say is the most important thing a student wanting to enter your industry should know? For venture capital? Yeah. Yeah, you mean on, like, what it's like or what it takes to get into venture capital? What it takes. Do you know anything about recruiting timeline and how the process works to, like, go into C? Yeah, yeah. So I would say you want to get a job in venture capital, there are three things you could do to put on your resume. One is like get relevant job experience. So relevant job experience through an internship would be at a tech company, you know, a startup that's growing very fast is especially attractive. Um, but you could also work at a consulting firm or a banking firm just to get experience analyzing businesses. So I would say that's number one, just get, get relevant job experience. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm forgetting. Obviously, you know, venture capital and private equity would also relevant job experiences. But um, assuming you don't have venture capital experience already on your resume, you'd want to yeah. get consulting or finance or tech experience. Um, and by the way, you don't have to necessarily be a coder. You could just be working as a sales intern at a tech company. So yeah, that's the first category. The second category is you want to pick up some relevant coursework, right? So like venture capital is primarily a finance role. So if you can pick up coursework in accounting um, or finance, and Dharma should do that. That'll be really helpful for venture capital. But other courses that might be relevant would be, you know, some computer science classes if you pursue that path. But I was an English major. I didn't have any computer science experience. So you don't necessarily, but it would be relevant. And then the third thing I would say is just get involved with all the entrepreneurship resources that Dharma has, right? So I don't, I don't know if there's a VC club, but I think Tuck has a VC club that you could probably go to. There's also like the Magnuson Center for Entrepreneurship, right? There's also Dolly Lab. There's a lot of different organizations at Dartmouth that are like fostering like, you know, startup culture and getting people, giving people experience with that, with startup life. And so you you basically need to pick up experience or, yeah, oh. in, in those places. And then I, I guess the last thing I'd say is like whenever you talk to a venture capitalist, you always want to have like a startup to pitch because all we do all day is, you know, startups to each other and meet new startups. So, you know, if you're talking to a venture capitalist in an interview, you should definitely have some startups that you want to pitch. Oh, okay. Oh, that's really good advice. Also, I wanted to know, so what does a typical day look like for you on your job? Yeah, a uh, typical day, about half the day is spent talking to entrepreneurs. And so, you know, that could be anywhere between like four to six calls with entrepreneurs a day. You know, so that ends up being like 20 to 30 calls a week with entrepreneurs, right? And in those calls, we're just assessing the business model and seeing whatever we should ask. With the remaining 50% of the time in the day, I would say, you know, maybe maybe five to 10% of it is just like internal meetings. So like, like meeting with our team to like talk about some diligence we're doing or to synchronize on what we're working on, right? I would say the remaining 40% is probably evenly split between like miscellaneous. So like 20% could be, could be miscellaneous, which is like maybe you're helping recruit interns. Maybe you're helping uh, raise money for the fund. Maybe you're helping go to a conference. And then that, that final like 20% would be like conducting due diligence on a company. So analyzing their financial statements and things of that nature to actually get a conviction around an, an investment decision. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And what would you say 
is the most rewarding project you've worked on? At Palm Drive? Yes. Yeah, I would say every time we invest in a company, it's very exciting and rewarding for me. So you know, one, of the, one of the most recent deals we did was a deal called Meal Me and two really young founders that got seed capital from Techstars in Atlanta and they're building a consumer app to help people compare food delivery services. And it's just been really rewarding to work with them because I led the investment and now I'm a board observer on their board. So I'm partnering with them from a financial angle, but I'm also helping them with strategy. I'm helping them with hiring, I'm helping them talk to new investors and raise money. And so the partnership's just been really deep and it's, it's I always love, that's one of the things I love about this job is just like being able to work alongside impressive entrepreneurs and kind of help them realize their goals. Impressive. Well, thank you for answering that. And I guess like for one last question, what have you enjoyed the most about your time at Dartmouth? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I love about Dartmouth. I mean, Greek life was great. Athletics was great. Hanover itself was great. You know, like I also did this, some of my clubs I really loved. I was in this club called The Room Mechanicals where we did Shakespeare productions. It was, that was really fun too. I love my professors. I love my classes. I mean, yeah, I'm a huge Dartmouth fan, so it's kind of hard for me to pick one specific thing. But yeah, it was an amazing time. I love it. Oh, wow. And when was the last time you went to visit Dartmouth? Yeah, uh, I have not been since the pandemic, but I actually am now engaged to a girl I met at Dartmouth. Oh, and no she way. Was, yeah, and she was two years younger than me. So I used to visit her a lot when I was an alum. And so I think I visited, like, she graduated 2019 spring. So that was probably the last time I visited Dartmouth. Oh, congrats. That's so cool. Thanks, and yeah. Are you guys planning on getting married at Dartmouth? Because I know some people get married there. Yeah, no, I think we're going to get married in the Caribbean, which is going to be pretty fun. But um, it would be really cool to have a Dartmouth wedding. But, you know, yeah, that would be about this fun. option too. <laughs> well, congrats on getting engaged. And I hope everything goes well for you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I hope this inspired you. Go green, stay safe, and come back soon to check out the new episode at BehindTheGreen.com.